You're listening to And what is poppin' everybody? It is the Good Pop Culture Club episode 144. My name is Marvin Young, joining me as always to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days. We have the once in future professional Asian American just you. What Hello, up, Marvin. Pew, How's pew, your pew, roof? pew, pew. I have to ask. My roof, roof is still leaking, <laughs> but I feel very responsible. I've gotten renter's insurance. Yay. A lot of like adult errands this week. I resize my engagement ring. That's a weird sentence. Um, and yeah, I'm j- I like cleaned a lot. I washed my rug. I washed my dishwasher. Have you guys ever done that? Um, uh, I don't have a dishwasher, but I think I've heard of doing that. Yeah, like one of the things I do, you know, to break intergenerational trauma cycles is I use my dishwasher like every day. As a dishwasher, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like every single day I use it. I run it at least once a day. Whoa. I think actually it uses less water because I wash dishes very inefficiently uh, and oh. it takes forever. So, t- you know, I just use my dishwasher like that's what I was there for. Have you ever uh, cook- cooked in your dishwasher? No, that's disgusting. That's some fucking white <laughs> nonsense, okay? Like, I've seen, like, the salmon bag. I have a pot and a stove and an oven and an air fryer. Why the fuck do you... I would rather eat it raw than cook in the dishwasher. <laughs> but it's very... It's great. It's it's very... It saves so much time. But, like, I learned over TikTok that you have, you have to wash yes. your dishwasher. Yes. You need to cleanse it. Yeah, that was very satisfying. So, you know, kind of starting the spring clean process. Ugh, I need to do that for, like, three months yeah that and like grout grout's disgusting if you think too long about it but that's <laughs> oh, fine yeah it's fine just Man, don't think about it i don't even know if my house has a dishwasher but also we live with my mother-in-law so like even, against principle she would not let you even use it even yeah if, she would just sit there giving us the stink eye and complain the entire time you know well well you know what now, now you and christine are a family so <laughs> that's true it's uh, it's interesting because you you sound like a man with a lot of fear. Just well, talking about it's just doubt. You see, because back before we moved in together, I wasn't allowed to even be in the kitchen to like wash dishes or whatever. And now now that I live here um, together since we got married, I still have to fight for the right to do dishes because mm. um, I don't think they trust me. Is the thing? Oh yeah, it's it's not like a it's not like a male comp- like they just like they're like you're gonna fuck this up like mm-hmm. get out of here. Which, it's no, like if you I'm do the pretty... dishes, they're just going to have to clean it right after you. See, they're they not, say they... that, but I've been doing dishes my entire life. Like, I'm not one of those guys who doesn't <laughs> know how to do housework. So, like, it's actually pretty, like, I'm like, I want to help. Why won't you let me? Aww. What if you, is it just division of labor? Do they think that you should be doing, like, handyman things? Is that something that would satisfy Yeah, them? do you, like, rake the yard or? Well, we don't have a yard, but I am, I mean, they do take advantage of my height to reach high places okay. and change light bulbs. There you go. So. Maybe maybe they have a sort of a gendered sort of view of like what you should be doing. I don't think it's that. I think it's just uh, <laughs> a lack of trust at your well, abilities. Well, I mean, technically, I am still the intruder to this ah. domestic sphere. As the they um, need to get used to you. <laughs> yeah, sure. So yeah. Huh. Anyways, also joining us, professional culture editor Han Win. Hey, Han. Hey. This must hey. be a very busy week for you with the Oscars coming up. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's just been getting busier and busier because, um, starting this month, a bunch of big shows are coming in. 
Um, and so it's kind of like just juggling all of that with the Oscars. And then I have like an intern and I'm getting two other, not two other writers, but like other vertical people are like starting to contribute. So I'm just like, I need help. <laughs> I actually need an assistant. <laughs> More writers is great, but I actually need an assistant. Um, yeah, but, my main memory of having interns is that it's just more work for me because I have to find yes. stuff for them to do and teach them at the same time, make sure they're yeah. like learning. Yes, Absolutely. a proper internship is always going to be more work for you. And if yes. it isn't, then you are exploiting a poor <laughs> child and you should feel bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. it's more work for me, but also they want like good experience because also like you know what, like little news stories, like trailer write-ups and stuff like that don't work for us uh, um, on the culture vertical. So I've been actually having to think of like heftier things. Like, yes, I give her a few lists and things like that. And I give her some projects to research. But we actually have, like I have her, she'll be doing an interview soon uh, for something that will probably be a uh, what's popping for me at some point soon. And then um, I have like another sort of reported piece I'm getting her to do. And it's fun because she is a Korean adoptee who really loves Korean culture <laughs> oh, <laughs> because nice. that's how she, that's how she's learned about her, you know, her birth culture. And so we've been talking about things. So we've been able, you know, I've been getting her to do some like Korean drama lists. And if I talk about like a certain like Asian haircut, she knows what I'm talking about. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're figuring things out around things like that. And so that, that's one of the reasons why, like, um, the, the thing I'm getting her to do an interview for is, uh, White Savior, that comic book. So, um, it, it, that's fun. But yeah, I just wish I either need more time or an extra pawn, you know? Well, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're one of the good ones, not exploiting your interns. Good job, Han. Good job, Han. Good on you. <laughs> Here's a sticker. Here's a gold star. Uh, uh, we've done that in the past no <laughs> but yeah yeah it's 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 exhausting but like i like her so much and i definitely want her to get a good experience out of this yeah well we are one week into march which means we're a little late with our uh february edition of do we want this our <laughs> monthly news round it was a short but- week it was a short week i mean a short month so yeah mm, yeah yeah, yeah, so you know, totally, totally understandable. Not making excuses at all for uh, for ourselves, but uh, yeah, this week we're going over the latest Asian American entertainment news, uh, which you know we'll probably talk about the Oscars at some point. Um, but before we get to that, let's find out what pop culture is speaking us through this week, uh, or just not pop culture thing. What what culture has been getting you through <laughs> yeah. this week? So I was okay. So after you know binging. Physical 100 and being very inspired. And, you know, my sister is a wannabe LA Pilates girl. She talked me into going to a workout class at Barry's Boot Camp, which is a HIT style workout, high Uh, intensity interval training. That's effective. It's effective, but it kicked my ass. <laughs> I went on Sunday. I'm still so sore. We're recording mm-hmm. on a Tuesday. I had to take a Tylenol today. Mm-hmm. I live in a like I have multiple floors and I live in a condo and there's multiple floors. You guys have been over to my place. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. stairs in my house. Yes. From <laughs> from my main level. And like going to the bathroom <laughs> has been awful. Like I have to go up and or down. It, it hurts going both up and down, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. So so every time I need a pee. 
um, you know, it hurts like to get to the bathroom. Sitting down on the toilet is very painful. Getting back up, very painful is is bad. Was it worth it? I I don't know. Um, I feel very smug. Yes, about my workout and like being an LA Pilates girl. Um, they you I bought a really you can buy a really fun smoothie after your workout. That's kind of <laughs> like one of the appeals. Like she she lured me with the smoothie. I mean, all right. You're only hurting because you haven't done so in a while. I mean, I feel like when I've when I go through my workout phases, it gets to the point where like if I'm not, if I'm not feeling kind of sore, I feel like oh, I didn't yeah. go hard well, enough. Well, like what's the right? point? Yeah. So I definitely <laughs> feel like I got my money's worth. So you, for those of you who don't know, you basically like you run on the treadmill. You do like cardio for like 10, 10 minutes, and then you do floor with weights for like ten minutes, and then you do that rotation again um and i just like i just haven't run like that I, the second time i had to get on the treadmill i like literally couldn't lift my legs already because of the weights and like all the floor exercises i was like ah this is dangerous treadmills are actually very scary like you could hurt yourself really badly on a treadmill how fast so did you like to- um this like they were asking us to go like eight nine out of 12 and i'm like i no, oh. i am briskly walking at a three i like physically yes. could not pick up my legs um you know after that and then and then it was it was very sweaty um some people are very very good at this mm-hmm. i am not but you know it's a progress um i do feel very you know the smug satisfaction you get and i do want you know like a hot i want to be a hot la pilates girl so i will probably go back I have a new appreciation for the physical 100 contestants, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm those like, were doing I forgot CrossFit, how hard this was. Like another level. Which is like, a, a more intense version yeah, of hit, remi- hit training. Yeah. Remind me what, what the intensity like hierarchy is. is. Is Orange Theory higher than Barry's or is Barry higher than Orange Theory? It's about the same because Raymond has an Orange Theory. And the only difference with Orange Theory is that you're supposed to give you like a bracelet or that you could like buy this like bracelet that tracks your like heartbeats per minute and like you're supposed to stay in like an optimal cardio zone that like Mm. that's where you like burn fat but um Ah, he is orange yeah that's the orange there but you're not supposed to go in the red zone which means like you're pushing yourself too hard oh yeah i just always end up in the red zone like like, how do you control like like you want me to keep up with a certain workout like my body's not used to it's gonna be huffing and puffing but if any of you guys ever want to go, let's do it. Um, <laughs> I don't mind go. Pilates. I don't know about this boot camp thing because here's the thing. It's like I'm not a great fast runner, you know, like, well, I can do sprints, but I can't do over 10 minutes. So no, that's no, so they, they change the uh, they change. They tell you to like sprint like you're not sprinting the entire time. You're like, you know, you start off with a jog and then he t- kind of tells you the instructor will kind of tell you like, or right, we're going to like run, like bump it up like to a certain level for like we're gonna run for 45 seconds and then like go down but um th- and this guy apparently was very clear this is my first time but like all my friend i went with a few like a friend and like my sister and she was like oh they were all like oh this guy is so clear and like the best part is that it is like dressed like a club you know like there's mm-hmm. lights and like strobe <laughs> lights and like really bumping music so it's like it is fun it's uh-huh. dark so like you know no one can see you huffing puffing that much I guess, uh, but yeah, yeah if you guys ever want to go, Marvin, if you want to, there's like I'll a first timer deal. It's a really good deal. We can all go and we can finally answer the question. Oh, who's no. getting eaten by cocaine bear? I mean, <laughs> for me, working out is 
a solitary thing because the yes. thing I hate the most is having to work out in front of other people. No, no, I need peer pressure. If there's no one judging me. It's like that's how I study too. That's how I write essays. Like if I, no one's judging me, like I can't do shit. So oh, I need I, like the peer pressure. I go to the gym, but I stay in my own world with like the headphones and stuff. So I used to go to well, the gym I used at to like take one a.m. Just so I don't see anybody else. Oh, yeah. No, I used to take classes like for yoga. I like that. And I've taken Pilates. I enjoy that. I used to do step class. Um, I did do, as I said, CrossFit cardio at one point. Um, those. But yeah, I mean, I'll, cons- <laughs> I'll consider it. I, I feel like I-, I haven't done a really extreme cardio in a while. So maybe I need to bump it up. That's true. I say that I'm solitary, <laughs> but I'll, I'm also very susceptible to peer pressure. So just yeah. you provi- as long you, as we, you, yeah, providing that we are safe spaces going with you. Yeah. 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 Like you can't, and we can get a smoothie afterwards. Well, I am off in like two weeks for a week. So we could do that and then have more than a smoothie afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have good. some, an actual meal meal. All right. Um, Okay, cool. Han, what's popping with you? <laughs> Speaking of meals, um, I'm thinking about mushrooms. Uh, I have been watching The Last of Us, which is HBO's adaptation of the popular video game, um, which is set in a post-apocalyptic world where there are mushroom zombies. Um, for those of us who haven't played the game and don't understand what we mean by mushroom zombies, uh I don't think I've talked about the show before, have I? Anyway, you have yeah. Uh, last time you you talked about the um, Nick Offerman episode. Oh. They just put out the Pen Ultimate episode, right? Yeah, that ep- this episode that I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, I mean, not to give too much away, but um, they uh, Ellie and Joel encounter a small community run by a preacher, quote unquote preacher, um, who, you know, they resort to some extreme circumstances because it's difficult to get meat. So you can probably guess what that is. And, uh, and Oh, no. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, these mushroom zombies sound better and better by the day. Um, but it was, a, it was a pretty good episode. Uh, it was emotional, but also like when you think about it, like, this preacher was scarier than any of these cordyceps that we've been meeting, uh, cordyceps clickers. So yeah, um, I it, haven't. It was it was pretty good. Yeah, I haven't watched the show yet, and I guess at some point I will binge it. But I did play the game, so I'm trying to gauge if we're like an episode out from the finale. That means you've already passed the the winter segment, right? Where Ellie is separated from Joel. Uh, like Joel gets they, injured, and then Ellie has to like get sit some, out on her some, own. Well, not quite. I don't know if that's exactly translated into the show. Okay. Um, there is a time when he is injured and she goes and gets something to help him. And then there is a flashback during that yeah, episode. The mall segment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. that happened. Yes. So this happens right after that because uh, she has now got gotten the help that she needs, but he's still injured. So, okay. um, yeah, this is during that time. <laughs> So you maybe you know what's going on then. But yeah, the finale is coming up on Sunday, the same day as the Oscars. So just <laughs> he- heads up, everyone. Catch catch up with one or the other. I'm not saying that there's going to be a spoiler for those people who haven't watched, but you know. I mean, it's interesting. So that means they're 
this first season will be the entire first game. And yes. um, I don't know how much you know about the story from the first game. That ending is pretty divisive. And I'm curious to see what people think about it afterwards. Yes. Like, if they keep the same, like, the same beats. They, there are issues. I just did a press conference for the finale where Craig Mazin, you know, the executive producer who had done Chernobyl, who's on this, and then Neil Druckmann, who had created the video game, um, were answering questions about the finale and certain divisive things also. So, and how it compares to the video game. So I would say that they definitely do um, go over certain beats, um, but not to uh, give away exactly the ending, whether or not they stay true to that, or if they diverge from it, you're going to have to watch. Um, but yeah, it, I think it'll still be worthy of conversation, whether you've played the game or not. Yeah. Um, looking forward to reading the discourse next week. Yes. It's going to be a good discourse day. It's going to be Oscars plus the Last of Us finale. Twitter mm, is going to burn lot down. Of, a lot of room for, for shenanigans and bad takes. Oh, all around. We'll, we'll talk oh, about that. A little well, bit because there's I, already some pretty yikes moments about, for some reason, I, there's a contingent of anti-everything everywhere people that are just plain it's, racist. It's a, because they're racist, but also B, even if they're not racist, they're just like, what? I don't get this thing that everyone else likes because it's a little different. <laughs> um, I, I guess what exactly if we're talking dis- <laughs> I guess if we are talking discourse, I probably should have mentioned Chris Rock's comedy special that was Ooh. live. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, I, have not, I have not followed the discourse. Um, I, I had to watch it live, and my writer had to write it, and I had to edit. <laughs> I had to edit her overnight. So yes, oh. I'm I not taking not my queen, not taking this song. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the uh, discourse I've on. been following actually has been the New York Times article. I think it was yesterday. It was an op-ed. The headline simply: Why I don't date podcast bros, <laughs> or why you shouldn't. date How did that podcast make you bro. feel, Marvin? Glad oh, I'm not married. a podcast, bro. I'm also married. That's true. My wife's already trapped, so <laughs> she already. Yeah, you already. You you lost. Also, that we down both already. know they're not talking about people like me. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are not. Uh, huh. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so what about what's popping with you, Marvin? Um, I've been watching a bunch of stuff. Um, I guess really quickly, I tried watching the new Bake Off variant on Netflix, Bake Off Professionals, and kind of bounced off after one episode. It's kind of boring. Um, doesn't doesn't hit the same mm-hmm. no it doesn't and usually i like competence porn as well like as of mm-hmm. this recording two days away as of the time you're listening to this episode probably already premiered um mm-hmm. i'm very excited about top chef coming back especially that it's like the all-stars international edition um doesn't translate the bake-off yeah bake-off is a special uh i guess recipe um <laughs> because because they the i think the amateurness is part of the charm yeah uh of their uh, and, and and they bring those stories with them too so. yeah i will say one of the judges is a very um is cute the right word very bubbly um I'm assuming Singaporean woman or Malaysian woman. Um, mm-hmm. And she's probably the the highlight of the show. But yeah, but what I what's really popping is, again, like Han, going back to a show we've already talked about, we're also at the penultimate episode of Poker Face. And man, it was a banger. Probably like the best episode in the entire run so far. Yes, this one starring my f- Joseph Jordan-Levitt, um, the guy who plays the um, the Knife Brother from Umbrella Academy, and <laughs> Stephanie Hsu. <laughs> Yeah, that, this is, I, I think it really was my favorite episode. It was fu- so funny because 
it was such a strong episode that you were just like, wow, that must be the finale. A lot of people emailed me and like people were <laughs> pitching me. They're like, I want to write about this finale, how it changed the game. And I was like, that's not the finale. Um, but uh, what's the basic plot of it if, for those people? Who- it's the, you know, it's one of my favorite mystery tropes. It's we're all stuck in a log cabin in yes. Snowden and someone's di- someone's a murderer. Yeah. Or something yeah. shady's going on. Which, if you've ever read any of those Agatha Christie stories like the more you interrogate that setup the more you're like none of this makes fucking sense like you guys are all dumb because you should have known immediately like what was happening but it really works in this context because um yeah it's it's very closed room you know there's like four main characters at play and just it everyone really feels like i think even more so in other episodes like the sense of danger is so present yeah, and Joseph Corn Levitt plays a fantastic douchey tech bro. He is very they, terrifying too. He's like it's the first time I've seen him play someone who's like physically like terrifying, right? Because usually he yeah. plays kind of like more like softer. Talky. Even when he's like a douche, he's like a softer boy, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think they established his uh, personality really well early on. I I Poker Face. I have to say, besides the usual, yes, it isn't. Uh, an episodic type of show um, does a lot with their runtime. And, um, and I have to say, this is where I'm just like preemptively, I'm saying justice for Stephanie Shu because she is so great in this role as Monty, who is basically sort of like this grifter, uh, uh, snow, um, Snowboarder. Oh God, snowboarder. I was like, what's the word yeah. with the one one blade? What? Okay, snowboarder. No, no blades on. It's just a board. There's no <laughs> blades. I mean, I have I have a snowboard. So I've like I've snowboarded before. Anyway, but yeah, so I was just like, so I just love her personality, but also the dynamic that she has with Charlie Kale, um, where she's always just picking her pocket. Uh just good times when it comes to these two together. Yeah, I, definitely I like a lot of like too. Jobu Tupaki energy coming from that dirtbag uh-huh. character that she plays, right? Like you can definitely see, like you knew she had this in her because this is probably one of the personalities she had in Everything Everywhere as well. Yeah, it's, uh, and as we as I was mentioning, there was also what who we think is a possibly hot Asian guy um, that uh, shows up earlier in the episode. Oh yeah. But, Love that they bring in a hot Asian guy for the express purpose of just being hot and Asian and seducing yeah. Natasha Leon. And, and, you know, getting him to take off his shirt. And yeah, I would, I get it. I, I too, I too have been metaphorically tricked into staying on a mountain <laughs> that was not good for me by a hot Asian man. It happens to the best of us. I get it, Natasha Leone. Yeah. And this is after like like this episode was a banger, but this was following up like two other banger episodes, mm-hmm. right? The one right before this was the um Nick Nolte. Um mm-hmm. speaking of Oh, the sci-fi um movie one. Or, that one was or yeah. Yeah. speaking yeah. of play people playing against type, like Luis Guzman as like a soft, like a soft boy in this one was yeah. genius. I thought that was a really cool episode because that was also one that uh, Natasha Leone directed herself. And so you can definitely tell that it has um, a few experimental, you know, kind of kooky sort of camera work and um, things like that where like super close ups. Um, And yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Also, she got to wear a horse head costume. That's like from. Oh, that was uh, great. A Jean Cocteau film. Yeah. And then this is following the Charles Melton race car episode two it's like they wanted to give you foreshadowing that like she and asian guys might have a thing because like they did a flirt 
And she was like, you don't want to get with this because this is trouble. And he was like, okay. And she's like, this is just an arcade romance. No, no this isn't real. <laughs> so, so she turned him down. I was like, well, good for you, lady. Um, but also, yeah. you know, so, yeah. Anyway. And I'm so curious what they're going to do because obviously um, for the last episode of the season, they're finally rolling back to the overarching storyline of Charlie Kale escaping from Benjamin Bratz. Um, what's his it's, name character? Uh, Cliff something. <laughs> um, I've seen the episode. I'm not going to give anything away, but there's some fun stuff in there. So. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. I'm so, because we all know Ryan Johnson some, is someone who loves to play with form and genre. And mm-hmm. I'm just really curious, yeah. like even within the Columbo murder mystery setup that Poker Face has, every episode has been different, right? This last episode, the mm-hmm. uh, Jess, you got you, you got log cabin vibes. I got like motel vibes. Like you remember that mm-hmm. one film where a it's bunch a of people Dakota are getting Johnson killed in a motel. Film, right? yeah. No, it's the one where they all end up being multiple personalities in this guy's head. Do you remember that one? The James McAvoy one? No, no, no. It was um <laughs> John C. McGillian. John C. McGillian was in it. Um God, what's the name of it? Identity. Identity, yes. Sorry, I just thought I didn't. I do not. I do not know if I've watched this. (laughs) I I recognize the poster only, so I have definitely not seen the movie. Well, Um, I just spoiled it for you all. They're all in some guy's head. He's a serial killer. So okay, or one of the characters is a serial killer, and it's the kid. Um, (laughs) I could have told you that. Never trust kids. Just spoil it all. Um, since we're not gonna watch it. Anyways, yeah, looking forward to the finale of Poker Face. Looking forward to reading about the finale of The Last of Us and definitely looking forward to the finale of Oscars 2023. Who who will get slapped this year? Who knows? Oh, gosh. How many jokes are going to be about the slap? (laughs) Who's hosting this year? Is there a host? host? Was there a host last year? Chris Rock. I think it's Jimmy. No, um... 2023 jimmy kimmel yeah i think it was, i was like oh, oh. it's a jimmy yeah there was a little commercial he did where it was like top gun and he was like wait i wasn't your first choice they're like you're not even our like 11th choice or whatever it just it was it was a big cheesy thing when they announced him so by the way i didn't watch tar but i read about the ending and man now i kind of want to watch tar <laughs> uh, i, ha- I could not believe that that was the actual ending of tar um that yeah that property is something my fiance and his sister play very passionately <laughs> so it felt like a crashing of worlds and um you know especially the geographical location and i was like yeah what the fuck like that's the punishment <laughs> yeah i need to watch it also because once i heard like you should just tell us the ending for a lot of these things it'll make us want to watch it uh just just cu- out of curiosity <laughs> <sighs> All right, that's what's popping for this week. Um, when we come back, we're talking about the latest Asian American entertainment news in this month's edition of Do We Want This? Stick around. Hey, Ryan, what's black and white and red all over? I don't know, Ramen. Two nuns having a chainsaw fight? Dude, inappropriate. Come on, man. This is supposed to be a podcast promo for our secret underground podcast, Quarantine Comics. Oh, yes. Quarantine Comics, the weekly comic book club where I, ace reporter Ryan Joe, and I, mild-mannered Ramen Sutton, team up to discuss some of comics' greatest works. Or just some really cool comics that we've been wanting to read. From Alan Moore to Uzumaki. From Arrakis to Zendaya. From Adrian Tomine to Jean Lunyang. You 
might not have heard of half the stuff that we're reading. Or the other half is just pop culture superhero stuff. They could just read the books with us, right? Yes, they could do that, but you could also just send us money. No, Ryan, that's not how passion podcast projects work. Why in the hell are we even doing this? Uh, I'm sure we'll be back by next week's episode. <clears throat> so, tune in each week to Quarantine Comics. That's qtdcomics.com. Set phasers to fun. Hey, Brian. Did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada's a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. It is time for our monthly Asian American Entertainment News Roundup. Do we want this um, for ostensibly February 2023? But actually, we're doing it in March. It's a thing. Um, mm-hmm. In this segment, we each go around, bring up um, a couple of stories relevant to Asian American entertainment and ask ourselves if we want this. Um, so, yeah, let's get started. Jess, what is our first story? Our first story, you might have heard, um, Steve Yun, ever heard of him? We'll be joining the <laughs> Marvel franchise in the upcoming feature, Thunderbolts. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I had to Google what the fuck Thunderbolts was about. It's apparently like their Marvel Suicide Squad? Yeah, it's like and Bad Marvel, Guys Avengers, right? which yeah. I have thoughts, um, but so please it's continue. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like Winter Soldier, David Harbour's character from... Oh. The movie he was in, um, Black Widow. Florence Pugh, um, some other people from other movies that I cannot remember the name of the character. Also the bad um, Captain America from the Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, see, I didn't even watch that series. So, <laughs> Oh, him, the so white I guy. Guess, yeah, so I guess, do we want this? I can just say, like, I have mixed feelings because I'm just like, oh, Soon Yun, I, I like him so much that I almost kind of want him to stay away from the MCU because I think the MCU has gotten <laughs> bloated and less, you know, like quality, quality control. Then again, I'm like, I want him to get that Marvel money and just continue doing like all the things he can do with the power he has. Uh, it, maybe it means funding more indie films. Who knows? But uh, yeah, so... I guess I wouldn't mind seeing him on screen. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, yes, I want this because I think Steven Yeun would be awesome as like a superhero. But at the same time, I don't know who he's playing. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure this is the film I want to see him in. So also, no, I guess. The thing is, like, the Thunderbolts is being set up as like the government task force for like the avengers but like shadowy right which the avengers already is like an extra governmental like task force to do out like, of the judicial system yeah and now it's like here authority. is the avengers but black ops squad pretty much like to do like governmental dirty work because it's being set up by the character uh, portrayed by julie louise dreyfus in like many of the marvel films and tv series um since the disney plus takeover and Basically, the Thunderbolts, they're like, what of Avengers, but more fashy, right? That's kind of like <laughs> what they're being set up as. And I don't know, that gives kind of bad vibes to me. I just don't want Steve Young to be cannibalized by the Marvel machine 
in terms of like like I think up until this point he's done really really interesting stuff and he's really pushed himself and done some crazy I mean what was that three hour Korean movie he was in Minari uh, no no like like from the, oh the, burning. The, uh, der- burning burning right like he's doing shit like burning and Minari and nope like just really interesting choices that I feel like is really fun um and and i you know like we i honestly think we've lost some of this generation's best dramatic actors to the marvel machine yeah like because mark ruffalo has to make eight million movies as the hulk who's like not even the main character like we don't get the mark ruffalo in spotlight you know we don't get we don't get more rom-com mark ruffalo yeah, I would rather see him in, in more rom-coms yeah. or, or films where he can be kind of awkward and just talking. Yeah, um. I mean, there's some <laughs> folks who are like, you are perfectly suited for Marvel Universe. Like, I'm sorry, Chris Evans, beautiful man, not the best actor. You you mm-hmm. you do all the Marvel movies you want. I don't know if we're missing out on like a generational talent, you know, uh, but by him, you know, doing multiple Marvel movies. But like. It's like some people like you're too good. Like they're wasting your talent. Like Jonathan Majors, I know you signed up to be the big bad. Like get out. We we want you to be in better movies. Yeah. Um. I didn't even watch Quantumania. I'm not gonna lie. So I'm just like, it just seems like a waste. I he- I heard it wasn't great. I saw um, it free. So I'll tell you, don't watch it. <laughs> and it's just it just seems like wow. Like we're gonna we're gonna waste. Mm-hmm. That and like directors too, you know, like like Ryan Coogler. Granted, he had to like kind of do a big revamp for like Black Panther too. But it's like Ryan Coogler. I don't know if he's going to continue to make the Black Panther. So I'm like, let him make a not Black Panther. Like let yes, him make yes. movies. You know, like movies. Yeah, he's um yeah. So, so as, yeah, I do feel like Marvel just locks you in for a certain number of prime years and like sucks up your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember when. Marvel movies, their strength was that they're like movies, but with Marvel characters. But now it's kind of like when a franchise becomes like self-aware and now Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, it's not novel anymore. I mean, it's great that you're getting like Chloe Zhao and all these like auteurs to make your movies, but I don't think the writing has caught up and definitely not Mm -hmm. like the storytelling. Like I feel like the need for Marvel to be so interconnected has kind of been detrimental, especially recently mm-hmm. when everything has to like reference everything else and there's a whole yeah. continuity. You're putting restrictions on your very talented writers and directors because there's certain things that they just can't do anymore or can't say, right? It's, yeah. it's Or you give the like inkling of something great and then you have to Marvel third act it or like tie mm-hmm. it or like do undo all the character work so that it fits into this other story. It's it's not a surprise anymore that it's interconnected. What's a surprise is when it actually ends up being good, which is not Ooh. a you know like hey, She Hulk was great. It was kind of, you remember how like delighted we were with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say, like sometimes it's like if the movie is decent, I'm like okay, cool, that wasn't a waste, but um. Yeah, Marvel's just been disappointing. I feel like I'm just going because I know who these people are or, or just, you know, I've invested. And uh, the audacity to have like a runtime of like two plus hours. I'm like, are you fucking 90 <laughs> minutes? 90 minutes. I, well, Maybe I have, I 100. Have, I will say Quantumania was less than two hours. So 
thank goodness. But uh, still, don't pay don't pay your money for it. Uh, wait for it to be on Disney Plus. <laughs> that being said, I will watch Stephen Yeun anything, so I'll probably watch the Thunderbolts. Yes. No, I'm not only that, but my my friends and I are probably going to rent out a theater for it. So <laughs> nice. So. We support we support with our dollars, right? That's fair. I mean, they got we'll us. support Stephen Yun, mm-hmm. and you I do got love us, Florence Marvel. Good Pio. job, you brought us back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm just like, man, if if I'm gonna be so pissed if him and like Florence Pugh are stuck like doing this shit for like the next seven years. Yeah, Ugh. I like Florence Pugh so much, but she's so good, and I'm just like, yeah. please do not waste your talents on yeah. this. You made me like Amy, right? Um, yeah. Oh my god, just yeah. <laughs> anyway. So. <laughs> all right han what's our what's our next what's our next story all right uh i'm gonna skip over the trailers and do that stuff again so what do i have here um okay so let me pull it open all right uh deadline reports that lauren tom has been cast in the hulu series adaptation of interior chinatown uh, we already knew previously that it was going to be directed by Taika Waititi and starring Jimmy O. Yang. This is based on the book by Charles Yu. Um, and so Lauren Tom will play a character named Betty. She's a recurring character who's a real estate agent. Uh, she has a sharp suit and a sharper tongue. When her assistant drags her out to look at an abandoned laundromat in Chinatown, Betty is clearly irritated, but her attitude changes when she sees her old friend, and new rival Lily Wu. Um, so just based upon that, what you know about Interior Chinatown, uh, do we want this? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love Lauren Tom. I think people forget that, you know, after Joy Luck, I mean, we have a good talk to the yeah. cows come home about what happened to all the stars in Joy Luck Club after Joy Luck Club was a smash hit. But like Lauren Tom had a really good run as the voice of Amy Wong yeah. on yes. Futurama, one of my favorite shows. I love it. <laughs> She's fucking hilarious in it. Um, so I think she has the comedy chops. And in the hands of Taika Waititi, I'm very excited. And she's going against Lily Wu, played by Diana Lin, who played mm. the mom in The Farewell. Mm. So oh. that's it's it's a fun group. Um, of of actors, you know, Chloe Bennett, Ronnie Chang, Tai Ma, Archie Cow. He's back because he got divorced hey. from his famous pop star wife. Oh. So he's back in the U.S. acting. Uh, you know, OG CSI rep- representation. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for always excited for Lauren Tom and excited about how this remind me is this a show or a TV series? TV series, right? Yeah, so it's a series, which I think it was. Uh, I. I guess that for me is what kind of makes this because I was like, wait, who is this? Because I was like, I just read the book fairly recently. I was like, I don't remember her. <laughs> but um, it it does seem like instead of doing a one-off, which probably would have been more suited maybe for a movie, um, the series will allow this sort of like universe that was created to be, you know, breathe and have more characters and uh more side plots perhaps Um, yeah this fictional universe where asian americans asian actors are typecast and whatnot Um, i'm really excited to see how because it's taika directing how like what's the right term it's not toothful but how much teeth this like series will have right like I, i love it when hollywood tries to own itself and does it well um but it does kind of suck if they don't right like we kind of we want to see it like 
in its full satire beauty. I mean, Hulu has, I feel like Hulu shows have been, are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes, you know, generally, um, I, I really liked Reboot. No one else did. <laughs> um, and I like it. It's, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, it has been a while since like, I hope, I hope we do get a little, a little snarkier, which I mean, Taika does go there. Um, but we have it. The, the scary thing is like, when it becomes true in like X amount of years, like, you know, like today's media landscape really just sounds like one long 30 rock joke. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of frightening in its own way. But yes, excited about Interior China. I hope it makes it onto, like, actually makes it to air though. I mean, they already have casting, which means they're probably like, I feel like once you have casting, I want to say at least we get that first season, right? I hope so. And I hope it comes out relatively soon because, I mean, Interior Chinatown was, came out in like 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it definitely, I remember it made its kind of splash. Mm-hmm. It w- was on the New York Times bestseller list. It was, you know, it won a National Book Award and all that. But like, it's been three years and our collective memory culturally is just so short. Um, I just do hope it gets out. It gets the attention it deserves. It gets more, multiple seasons. Or it'll be just be like, oh, like, what was that? You know? Yeah, I'm excited for it too. Um, still need to read the book. I still have not read. As a person who runs an Asian American book club podcast, I have not read this one. It's I mean, a big one. Re- so maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah. We, can't, we can't. We can't read them all. You'll catch up <laughs> soon. It's fast. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of adaptations, uh, my first story, MRC, um, Atomic Monster, which is James Wan's production company and Three Arts, have made a deal to develop Pornsuck Pin... Pichashari, um, Pichashore, I'm really sorry, Pornsak, for butchering your name. Um, but they're developing his Eisner Award-winning um, graphic novel bestseller, The Good Asian, into a series. Uh, the Good Asian follows Edison Hark, a skilled but complicated Chinese-American detective, on the trail of a killer in 1936 Chinatown. Um, mm. The series adaptation is a Chinatown noir following the first generation of Americans to come of age under an immigration ban as they rise up against a system of violence, oppression, and corruption in their community to build a better future. So, do we want this? Fuck yes! (laughs) Sorry, I fucking... This is like, you're hitting all my yeses. Like, um, detective? Murder? Historical? Chinese? (laughs) That's all I want. And definitely like 1930s fashion. Yes. That's that is the hottest era of men's fashion. Han, do you agree? <laughs> uh, I totally agree. And and then add the noir, you know, like she the broodiness. Yes. Yeah, the hotness like let's get a let's get a femme fatale in there. Like all, Yeah, also if you're talking about like Asians in the 1930s wearing that fashion too, it's just like you don't normally see that in the movies that we watch because they didn't have Asians in them. So, um yeah, it, I I'm so I just down for the aesthetic. I don't even care like no, I'm sure I care about plot, but <laughs> at the same, but at the same time, honestly, if it was just like a moving picture, like commercial or a move, music video, I still would have been down. So find me a hot Asian dude, mm-hmm. slap him in some wool. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah, I mean, I know he's not Chinese American, important. but this is the type of role I want to see Stephen Yun in, right? Or Stephen That's Yun. fine. We'll take him. This, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's fine. But like, like you need to find a face that looks good in a fedora. Like that mm. is, to me, that's more important than ethnic authenticity. <laughs> you need to find a face and a head that looks good in a fedora because he could go very wrong very quickly. Oh, Wait, and so, um, suspenders. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, we're just talking all our Trench fetishes. coat, fedora, yeah. cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Mar- Marvin, have you ever, did you ever go through a fedora phase? Like as a young millennial man of a certain era? I don't think I, I, have, I, never... I did. I did too. But like, you <laughs> I know, have, I have a fedora still. I, I never um, had the guts to actually, like, I tried them on at the hat section at Nordstrom, but I never, I never pulled the trigger in buying one because. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you don't have the right style, the right brim length, the right fit, like, it, it can vary veer from Indiana Jones straight to like neck beard who doesn't shower. Like, you gotta <laughs> make sure the, the costuming has to be on the on point. And, um, you know, Pornsack, I, I know him. He's a very talented writer, very thoughtful and a very nice man, too. And it's just really cool to see the cyclical return of the Asian-American detective. That's like one of the earliest like tropes, the Asian-American detective in the, uh, you know, in like pop culture or at least pop culture pertaining to Asian folks. Um, so it's cool that this is coming back. And I just think a lot of people don't know that. Like that is a, this is a historical kind of reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I may or may not have already bought the first volume of the graphic novel after this announcement. Um, I have not read it yet, but I will report back. Okay, um, cool. Because I, I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to buy it too. I've yeah. been trying to get back into graphic novels and stuff. Wait, so Jess, if you uh, let's put your your um your your media consulting hat back on your, okay. your past life, who would be on your short list to play hard boiled Chinese American detective? Desmond Chiam. Oh, mm. oh yeah, handsome as get all, bone structure that can carry off a fedora, fantastic actor, uh, good action. You know, he d- he did his yeah. Marvel stint, so he got the action bona fides. Um, just. Just so underutilized in that he's done the cop procedural thing. He can he can kind of do you know remember that like Australian <laughs> series that he was really good in, but like did not get a se- second season. Like he could he could do it all, um, yeah. and just has not really gotten I think the like work that his truly his. I, I think he is a very talented actor, and, and I know him as well. And he's just a very nice person. So like I I think he. Should at least be in consideration. Just so tall too. He could he could work the slacks and like the suspenders and the trench coats and everything. Yeah. I can see Desmond. I can also see I can also see Tim. Tim Chu. Well, mm-hmm. Tim Chu's busy doing uh, uh, he is in that Company My Little Media good, show. Yeah. Yes, we will talk about in good company. But he's got that like classic I, like I, I think Desmond does like shady better, like yeah. like like <laughs> um like morally gray better. Mm-hmm. Like Tim even though, like the first time I saw him, he was like get like tatted up like a gangster. <laughs> um, very great, great show. Just just in the tank top the entire time. Uh, <laughs> had a good time. Um, yeah, like um, I I think Desmond does like morally gray better or or just the vibe. Um, if they're going older, um, Nelson Chang, great actor. I've seen him more stage work. Uh, he had like a very minor role in Mulan, but they're mm. also very handsome if they're going for like a little more like world wary. Mm. Yeah. 
well, very excited to see. Um, so this is a uh, this is in development. So we're still not sure if it will ever see the light of day. I feel like it's more shaky than say Interior Chinatown is. But you know, there's some good people behind it. James Wan. He puts out hits. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, looking forward yeah. to learning more about this project. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> All right. Jess, what's your next story? My next story is that Randall Park, uh, Randall Park's directorial debut, Shortcomings, um, lands at Sony Classic Pic- Sony Pictures Classic after mm-hmm. playing at the Sundance Film Festival. Um, it's going to... And it's getting a worldwide deal. So hopefully we'll be seeing it soon in theaters. Do we want this? Yeah. Yes. Okay, but here's the synopsis. I'm going to read you the synopsis. Here's the hiccup. I don't know the film. Here's the hiccup. Um, Ben, played by Justin Min, a struggling filmmaker, lives in Berkeley, California with his girlfriend, Miko, played by Ali Maki who works for a local Asian-American film festival. Hmm, sounds familiar. <laughs> when he's not managing an art house movie theater at his, as his day job, Ben spends his time obsessing over unavailable blonde women, no. watching Criterion <laughs> Collection DVDs, and eating in diners with his best friend Alice, played by Cherry Cola, a queer grad student with a serial dating habit. When Miko moves to New York for an internship, Ben is left to his own devices and begins to explore what he thinks he might want. So do we want this? You know what? I'm intrigued. Like, it, I cross Randall enough. Yes. That I'm sure like the main character is meant to be a trash man and we're meant to judge him for his actions. Um, actually don't know what do you know what the buzz was for this film? Um, I've not followed it, but it is based off a graphic novel from a few, you know, like that was written like I want to say like a decade or or earlier by Adrian Tomine, and he's also Adrian Tomine is also adapted the script for the feature and is an executive producer along with the folks at Imminent Collision. Um, you know, it's just everything. Like I love everybody artistically who's involved with this. That I know of. They're all very talented. I think Randall Park is a really good writer as well as a actor. Um, he actually got his start in like writing. I think he's a very smart dude, as are his is his team. But like I don't understand why like like there has to be a better way to like market this, right? I mean, I guess the question is, is this a film we need right now? Which, yeah, on one hand, Randall Park, directorial debut, more talent in the pipeline. Always a great thing. This type of narrative, I see enough online, I guess. I don't know if I need it on the big screen. I don't know. It's very, it's it's a dilemma. I'm, I'm very, very um torn about this whole thing now. Yeah, without having seen it, without really knowing beyond the premise, I want to say that it will come to an interesting conclusion, but we'll see. Like, I'll still support it, I guess, because he gets to do it. I, I just feel like, you know, as someone who has had a lot of, <laughs> how do you phrase this, has had a lot of interactions and dealings with, like, pretentious art bros it might of hit, any race. Yeah, it might hit um, you a little closer. <laughs> It's like it's like I I'm like I I've chosen and selected a a social circle in which I do not have to 
talk to these pretentious film bros. Um, so why would I voluntarily choose to spend time with a pretentious film bro? And it's also just like, yeah, I think part of it is like that the, that synopsis marketing maybe needs a little tweaking. I don't like or or they need to be a little like like explicitly in on the joke in the way they market this film. Like I I'm hope I'm assuming Ben is not like a heroic character, right? He's like the he's like the Joseph Gordon Levin Five Hundred Days of Summer. But we also know that like that movie went over a lot of people's heads. Oh yeah. I mean I watched the menu. I'll watch this yeah. too, I guess. It's- yeah, I, I think it really depends because maybe it's not marketed towards you, which is, uh, I mean. Which also is its clear. own like yeah. whole other problem, That's right? Which is, like, yeah. why are you making this for? Mm-hmm. Film like, bros. Why, like, are you dumbing it down to like <laughs> appeal to like a mass white audience? Like, I don't, I don't, mm, I don't know. I just don't trust men. <laughs> um. Like, and I don't know, like, can this man tell the, and I'm also just like very like, like it's Berkeley to like be this <laughs> I mean, like you're... dumb in a city like Berkeley to, to like seek out like white validation in a city of Berkeley. Like I know it happens, but that, that just sounds like that sounds so bad. Like, I mean, I feel like you're also like way too close to a, a lot of these um theme points, right? I mean, probably. <laughs> um, And I'm, I also just have questions. Like if he's a, like, his character seems like kind of like a douchebag. Like, why? Why are you hanging? Like, a a queer grad student at Berkeley would not be fucking around with a douchey film bro, like a cis straight misog- like maybe misogynistic film bro. Like, no, I know those folks. They're like so radical. They make me like they make me look like a conservative. You know, like <laughs> no, that would not happen. So yeah, just, but uh, I do. I still inherently trust Randall Park, Michael Amko, and Hugh Ho, and their work. So to me, it's also I'm starting to realize it's a lot of uh, it's an age thing. Like mm. the conversation is changing so fast that even if you were radical and pioneering like ten or twenty years ago, like that conversation is so dated now. Like the conversation from five years ago is dated now, right? Because mm-hmm. we're just yeah. talking and we're open and like trying to understand better. I think. Um, and I think the younger generation is like pushing it towards like pushing that as well. So it's just like, yeah, this seems like a movie that needs to come out like 15 years ago. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, but that's a that's a pretty good observation, I think, because it's yeah. like I'm open to it. But also maybe because we didn't see this back then. That's why I'm still open to it. But yes, I agree that the conversation probably has moved on from this. Um, I mean, back then, so, yeah. this type of movie wouldn't have been able to come out is also the thing right so yeah but i also think like you know we're in 2023 we have like let's keep up with the discourse fam like let's try to <laughs> let's let's try not to be stale before we even come out of the gate like i just don't understand why we keep rehashing like the same stories or the same like themes over and over again in the same way um i like come on let's let's do let's yeah. do something new let's do something new yeah that being said, we'll probably cover this film. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably watch it. I'm gonna be real, just to see, like, if my if my ick radar is accurate or not. We can yeah. we can do another watch party. I think <laughs> I think that helps. Yeah, sounds good. Huh. All right, 
Han. Yes. You got this week's um, trailer roundup, right? Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about these two. There's actually probably a few more, but these two are the cream of the crop, I think. Um, <laughs> you already know my opinion of this, but basically. So the first one is called Past Lives. It is an A24 film. So A, you know, for the, us Asians, it's very, A24 has been very good to Asians. So this was um, also a Sundance one, right? Yes. It, it actually, that's when the, I think it uh, got acquired or whatever. But uh, so let me just tell you some of the bona fide. Celine Song uh, wrote and is directing this, starring... Greta Lee. Love her. Um, and uh, I believe, I don't even know how to say his name, Tell You. Um, he, he was just recently in a K-drama I watched called Love to Hate You. K-drama isn't that great, but he's, he's so good at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he also looks very good at it. Um, but anyway, so here's the general premise. Nora and Sung, uh, two deeply connected childhood friends, are rest apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. Two decades later, they are reunited in New York for one fateful week as they confront notions of destiny, love, and the choices that make a life in this heart-rending modern romance. Um, the trailer, so if you look it up, um, you see that she's married to some white dude in, you know, in New York. And then so her childhood friend comes back all hot. Um, and, so, and, yeah. it's, and so they're kind of like, they, yeah, so there's these moments. And I'm just like, everyone I showed this to, they were like, I'm ready for my heart to be stomped and all this stuff. And I was just like, I normally don't go into something that has a... Uh, probably a not so happy ending or one of those medium endings but uh, this looks for me so good but anyway I will ask you do we want this yes I am very intrigued by Korean American persuasion (laughs) this was definitely like one of the more A24 Mm -hmm. trailers I've seen in a while Um, but yeah I, I, I don't know I think what just Han, you, you two are the more you get you two have more bona fides in like romance as a genre. How did the how did the trailer hit for you two? Uh I mean I'm a sucker for like reunion trope. So I'll watch anything with like childhood, you know, reunions. It is is a staple of K pop uh or K dramas. Um this sounds just like a much more grounded version of the K dramas I watched in my youth uh so i'm excited about that um those ones also demolished me emotionally for weeks so i'm also ready for that yeah i i as i was kind of saying i don't know if i want to normally would want to watch something that isn't going to be a happy ending romance but at the same time um it also looks so beautifully done and besides my clearly being a fan of the two leads, I think also it's about time Greta Lee gets to be a lead in this type of film where she's playing like, look, I love her kooky characters. But this one, I was like, she gets to play a straight, you know, sort of like straightforward character. And I am ready for her to make my heart bleed. Like <laughs> uh, if I thought she was an effective actor Com- uh, comically, I bet you she's like amazing dramatically, yeah. uh, like in this type of thing. So, yeah, uh, I I have to say I'm basically a sucker. If it looks this good, I will I will open myself <laughs> up to it. So yeah. I've heard I've heard good things in the press and um, from some folks who have watched it at Sun- caught it at Sundance. 
And um, I think I saw some tweet where like, you better not make me sit through this movie for her to end up with like a crusty white man. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're all rooting for the yeah. Korean childhood friend, right? Like I was watching, I was like, man, I'm rooting for you. But also I hope you don't turn into a toxic Korean dude. Neither. Well, I mean, she's already married. So you, you either... <laughs> So that don't mean nothing. That mean uh, this is a this is we we saw what happened on uh after sunset yeah before, before sunset, sunset after sunrise whatever that thing yeah yeah we know Life when happens. the one true love comes back you gotta you gotta answer the call mm-hmm. um and I love you know I love the fact that it's Celine you know tough it's a debut for a female mm-hmm. a, Asian American director like like that's incredible. Um, and she's, I guess she's getting good buzz. So I hope she gets more work. Celine Song gets more work, more opportunity. I hope Marvel does not put her in the machine. Please <laughs> let her make other films. And I looked her up and I just need to read the sentence to you from her Wikipedia. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is about Celine Song, the director, mm-hmm. who's also a working TV writer and a playwright. In November 2020, Song directed a live production at Chekhov's The Seagull using The Sims 4 on Twitch (gasps) called The Seagull on The Sims 4. Oh, my God. I love her. (laughs) That's amazing. Let her do whatever she wants. Yes, yes. Like, the only thing that could have been better is if she also did The Seagull with um, Animal Crossing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that a few years ago when everyone was doing Animal Crossing and then the Oscars came around and people were taking screenshots of their characters doing scenes from Oscar films like oh yeah oh yeah so anyway um, so this is anyway so Past Lives is out June 2nd um, and next I'm going to move to another movie trailer so go ahead and look it up it's called Polite Society I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Basically, it is about um, a young teenager named Rhea Khan. I think she's a teenager. Maybe she's early 20s. Um, She practices martial arts and uh, she wants to be a stunt woman. But so her older sister is uh, drops out of art school. She gets engaged. And Rhea's like, "Um, no, you can't marry this guy. And so she and her friends decide for some reason, because really, who cares about plot, um, to pull off a wedding heist. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, so this is by Nita Manzor, who had done We Are Lady Parts. So do we want this? Absolutely. Absolutely. This wow. film looks dumb in the best way possible. <laughs> I mean, the, the plot from the trailer itself makes no goddamn sense. But man, this looks cool. <laughs> It's it when people oh. were saying stuff like, "Oh, I've only been wanting to see like someone do martial arts in a sari." I was just like, "Yeah, just it's so stylish, so fun looking." And again, I have to say, if you haven't watched "We Are Lady" parts, because you really get a feel for uh, Nita Mansour's um, comedy, and I if like any of that, like a fraction of it comes over to the movie, which I think does just from the trailer, um, I'm there. Oh, wow. Also, the villain She's... is Bad Aunt from Ms. Marvel, which oh, I thought was pretty good casting. That's cool. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know of a lot of the cast. Um, they were listed, but I don't think I know them right off the bat. But this I mean, was honestly, also a Sundance. Film, that's so right? exciting, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't need to know these names. I'm just there. No, yeah. you sold me at Wedding Heist. <laughs> yes, and Kung Fu. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. Uh, when when I showed this trailer to Marvin, he was like, "I think we need to watch that at the Alamo." And I was like, "Yeah, together, please." Yes. This is definitely an Alamo caliber um, a, film. <laughs> a raucous good time. Have a drink. Have audience participation. It'll be good. Yeah. That's, I believe, April 28th. So that's actually coming Oh my God, I'm sooner. so excited. Yes. Before we get to be, we hit our month, we're already going to get this great film. Man, what a great Sundance. We got uh, Polite Society. We got Past Lives. And we got... um. Red I guess heart. shortcomings. Depending how you I'm look a at little it. sad we didn't go this year, Marvin. I know, right? Probably, but like, was, also like, but also we'll, glad we didn't. Uh, yeah. We avoided like getting sick. Yeah, we the didn't snow. get the Sundance plague or the uh, and not getting <laughs> fed. You know, so you know, I'll just wait. I'll watch in the comfort of the Alamo. Yeah, we'll do. I think that'll be a fun outing for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that it? That's All it right. for me. Yeah. All right. Um, so our last story is um, kind of the Asian American entertainment story going around, uh, at least leading up to this Oscars weekend, which is everything ever all at once, pretty much cleaning house in every single award show known to man. They cleaned up at what would they? Um, let's see. SAG. Yeah, they Writer, picked up all the awards at SAG. They picked up all the awards Writer's at. Um, didn't they clean up at the PGA, um, the DGA, DGA. and also the. Um, Independent What's Spirit. The yeah, Spirit Awards. They Independent also, Spirit yeah. Award. Yeah. yeah. Stephanie Sue got Best Breakthrough Performance. Yes. At the Spirit Awards. Which, that, I think that was her first solo award for this role. Yeah. Because yes. she won, they won Best Ensemble, Ensemble but Jamie Lee won yeah. Best Supporting at the SAG Awards. Yeah. I, I, I definitely want her to win the Oscar, but with such. Um, big competition against her. Um, I, I really don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm so glad that she got this from the Indie Spirit Awards. Yeah. And, you know, we got a great, um, you know, there's certain actors who we allow to hog the mic during awards um, acceptances. You know, they gave it to Jennifer Coolidge after snubbing her last year. And I'm really glad that James Hong Long-time mm. actor James Hong got his moment. Um, at the, yeah. was it oh, the- his speech was fantastic. <laughs> he called those bitches out. Yep. Well, yeah. what other chance is he going to get, right? Just do it. Uh, I, I, that, that man is, what, 90, 92 years old? Four. 94. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's so out. He's prior than I am now. <laughs> I have to That's say, insane. all of their speeches have been so great. And, you know, even if she Jamie Lee Curtis does end up winning, honestly, I've been enjoying all of her speeches, too. So, you know, not to take away from the Asian cast, but at least she is uh, beloved by Michelle Yeoh and is supporting this film, of course, out the wazoo. Oh, Jamie Lee um, Curtis has always been a homie. Like, yeah, yeah. she's She's been great. She's always talks uh, speaks out, like, about any sort of rights. Recently, she just talked about, like, this is not a rights thing, but something that I believe strongly in is, um, hey, uh, musicians, why don't you do a matinee show? And then he's like, "Hey, you two, hey, Coldplay, why don't you do like a two p.m. show?" And then I'll show up. And I was just like, "Yes, please tell them." Instead of starting at eleven p.m., I don't want it anyway. Um, also, if you've ever heard her talk about One Piece, it's delightful. She like, oh my god. Okay, I will have to look that. Yeah, she's just a One Piece fan. Yeah. Oh, I wonder how she's gonna feel when it like the new One Piece comes out. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Anyways, yeah. So everything, ever, all at once. Doing very well this award season. Do we want this? Yes, but I will say the Oscars in the last few years have been kind of fucking wild. Mm-hmm. 
there have been a lot of weird things happening. Um, you know, La La Land Midnight snafu, Chadwin Boseman not winning, and the whole show leading up to that, that was super awkward. Um, the slap last year. So who's presenting best actress this year to Michelle Yeoh, maybe? Uh, right. Even this Didn't year we had Mark Wahlberg present the cast award to everything. Yeah, to that a bunch of Asian award. people. Hate crime committer Mark Wahlberg. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, and just like, yeah. So I never count the hit chickens before they hatch at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Just weird shit happens. Um, it's also kind of the thing that caps it off, and like you never know, like at that point what the temperature is. Like you know, up until this point, Angela Bassett was sweeping all of the um, supporting actress roles, and then like Jamie Lee Curtis like comes in. So you know, I'm hopeful, but also just ready for some shenanigans. <laughs> at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter uh, because like the Oscar is cool but usually the oscar means you make more money but for a lot of or you have just the social power to green light shit and that's not always the case for folks from historically oppressed communities like troy cotner hasn't been in anything mm-hmm. since coda uh, um, so you know it's a step of public acknowledgement but a lot of times in you know the white supremacist institution of hollywood like they love to be like we did our job pat ourselves on the back not thinking about like hey why did it take 40 years for michelle Yeoh to be considered for an oscar yeah why has one actress of color won best actress in 95 years one one marvin yeah yeah and i mean in the conversation of best supporting actress even within everything ever all at once i don't think there's any comparison between jamie lee curtis and stephanie sue's characters yeah. right like one is like the heart of the movie and the other one is like a fun doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter if Ju- judy dench could get an oscar for five what? minutes in shakespeare and love yes <laughs> then. and then and then i think i think anthony hopkins like was on screen for less than 15 in silence of the lambs yeah but i actually think the record is like a seven minute performance um in a in some movie that's a yeah. cameo. Yeah, that's not even a performance, know. man. Yeah, that that that's what I'm saying is it doesn't matter. I it's in some ways it's nice, but because maybe that means that uh, um everything everywhere all at once might sweep. But you know, Oscar voters are lazy. You know, um, yeah, I'm not saying lazy overall, but more of like lazy voters. If they like something, they like it. And so um, that could be something really good or maybe not. But also going against someone in your own category in your own movie. What can you do? What would even if that is a favorite movie for people, what do they do? So um, they go for favorites or they go for. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know about the two of you. We shall see. This is the most, I guess, um, anxious I've been for an Oscar since the Parasite year. Because yeah. there's a film that I really want to win, but I also recognize it's not the type of film that usually does well, right? Because it's going up against the war film, which is the type of film that usually does well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the Steven Spielberg film. I, I don't think the war yeah. film has any. No. I, I, yeah, I think. Paul in the race. Uh, yeah, the goodwill is behind this one. I feel like if something else wins it will be that would be a dark horse like 
I it better not be like something like Avatar. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Wouldn't it be funny if like Tar won? Uh, it would be, be funny. I, It'd be funny if Top Gun won. won. I'd rather. I, I mean, I would rather Top Gun than Tar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would rather anything except for Avatar. Sorry. So yes, like, it's kind of wild that that film's on. That film's just on there because they spent so much money on it, right? Pe- like, some, no, people genuinely like some it. Some people and like I think it. People, I think people genuinely in the industry respect James Cameron. Yeah. Um why? and I you know, like I can mm. see from a technical point, but like, oh the he says some fucking wild shit. Um <laughs> truly wild. I mean the and, storytelling yeah. isn't good. Like it's just so such a dumb movie. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. It's just like I already went on my rant on another episode, so uh just Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any surprises. Um I need to I, do, I need to do my predictions. So. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. You know, I, I. Do you think they bring up the slap, or they just several keep... times, several times, people will be making jokes about that stupid thing. It was also like after the slap, you couldn't have an awards show without a mention of it for a long time. I mean, I think they finally got it out of their system, and then this special came on again. So of course they're gonna mention it. I'm looking forward um, to the slap season two, based on this real life slap. Oh, but another real life slap. No, that's not going to happen. I think security <laughs> is on their guard now. Like they, they, they have, have, they apparently have like now have a crisis plan yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, but we'll see. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it is kind of a silly little awards show. Like when just you know, this is me being cynical because no, I totally it's, agree. It is. It's a silly little award show that's not gonna. It's it's kind of like, you know, it's only it only makes you as powerful as the rest of the industry wants to make you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you win, if, you know, if they're not going to offer you roles or pay you more or give you pay parity, does it matter? No. Um, but yeah. it would be there. Th- I am looking forward to some great clips and quotes on Twitter the day after. Yeah. And I mean, everyone on that film, at least all the principal like actors and like everyone on the film, they're all working. They've all done relatively well afterwards, which is good, right? Like the Daniels are developing that TV series. Um, Kihi Kwan and Michelle, you're both reuniting in um, in American Born Chinese. Stephanie Su yes. is, uh, she's in the new Adele Lim film coming out, right? She's one of the. Yeah. I mean, that was before everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she was fat. She's always been famous. She was, she's fabulous on Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's kind of like, I think, I think Joy Wright, she was already in that and they were already cast her before the whole everything everywhere all at once fame came. And it's, it's also like, we're going to see this thing where, or I hope we don't see this, but we'll probably see this thing where like these are also going to be the only three actors we're going to see for like the next three years, right? <laughs> like they're just going to be cast in everything. Like three years ago, it was crazy. You know, it was a crazy Rich Asians mm-hmm. cast being cast in everything. Now it's just going to be the three of them, and I'm just like, no, no, guys. The point is now you got to open it up and find more of these folks. Well, that's why like Interior Chinatown things like that that have to have huge Asian casts. Um, are interesting. Let, also, Sympathizer was just like so many Vietnamese people we didn't even know what to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, so. at this point, yeah. like it, it's, I want to say it's not a 
fluke anymore if like that Asian funds have been doing pretty well in the last few Academy Awards or award seasons, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, but then also we have to think about again the cynical part of me is now being like, okay, like why have our communities been a little more successful in this than you know other community like now we have to think about interrogate the system at large right just because we've reached a certain level of success that's um true. you know we can't sit on that and we have to be like okay great you're doing better you could still do better but like we're okay we're seeing some progress here like all right where are the roles for all the like indigenous folks where are the roles for the latino folks where are the roles for the you know even like there still needs to be more black nominees like the amount of like influence and like talent in like the black like in like black american cinema alone like it's underrepresented in this so you know it's it's the oscars there yeah i mean look totally agree with you just trying to end this on a positive note oh i'm sorry yeah i'm just i just i've been in this too long i know how the no i'm not saying you're not you're not true but we're trying to i'm trying to wrap up this podcast i'm happy yes we're excited we want them to win um i can't wait for the pretty dresses uh and 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 i think also what we in the in the live action discussions we also forget that like Domi Shi is nominated as well for Turning Red. Yes. Which that... I don't know if it wins. A pretty strong animation year. Also, yeah. I'm rooting for Not To Not To from RRR for best. Yeah. Ooh, they're like a little problematic, but yes, that yes. was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been reading up all that, but you yeah. know, we knew the shoe was going to drop on that. Mm-hmm. But, and you know, Mitski's nominated for original song. They're going to mm-hmm. sing it. Stephanie Sue, who again was the original computer and the SpongeBob musical, she got the chops. Um, it's going to be performing that, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, looking I, forward to debriefing with y'all. Yes. In addition to, we'll see, um, we'll see if it's a sad face emoji or a happy face <laughs> yeah. emoji. It's going to be a big week next week. Um, also, Top Chef's coming back, so excited to um, <sighs> dig into that first episode with you two as well. Um, I haven't checked the roster, but I know we have a few Asians in there that we can three root for. <laughs> I checked nice. it out. There's three. But yeah, I guess that'll do it for this edition of Do We Want This? Um, Just Han, if people want to find more of your thoughts, where can they go? My trash takes are on Twitter at Just You Tweets. Uh, Twitter's up, yeah. So it's still there. So I'm at Hanon- still there. I'm at Anonymous. <laughs> Tell me where to go after this. I'll go. I just don't know where to go. I totally missed that outage. I did not realize it went down again for a little bit. But uh, Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Marvin. You can find our show at Good Pop Club. As always, we are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Uh, check out our fellow Asian American hosted podcast by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And yeah, we'll be back next week with, uh, I guess we're watching Chan Ken Dunk, the new Asian American basketball themed film um, on Disney+. Plus. So until then, we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. We're still here, and we're going strong. It's an exciting time in Asian America. There are more movies, TV shows, books, and music reflecting us than ever. But all of these represent just a small slice of Asian American culture and experiences. So what do we do? Tell more slices. 
Asian Americana is a show that explores these slices of distinctly Asian American culture and history. We've talked about how Chinese Americans built California's Sacramento Delta, the art scene turns gallery institution giant robot, a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at asianamericana.com or on your podcast app.